And we're back. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning. How's it going? How are you doing? Um, trying to avoid getting um, killed by Hurricane Ian. They got, I know. Uh, I've seen. You see the warnings? The, the, yeah, the warnings, the videos, uh, scary stuff. When it finally hits, I'm going to go, like, live, and I'm, I'm going to stand outside, and I'm going to see, like, what the world thinks of uh, hurricanes in Florida. The hurricanes aren't the bad part. It's, like, the week after when you don't have electricity and nothing's at Publix. The only thing left at Publix is Dasani water. That's it. <laughs> okay. Speaking of shopping and money and resources and scarcity, um, Jess, who are you? Um, welcome to I Got Time Podcast. I was talking today about women in finance. Women in finance, that's me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Whether it's good finance or bad finance, uh, that's, you know, that's to be judged. Why is it important for women to start investing? Not only in crypto, I know predominantly like you're in crypto, but not just crypto, like investing, period. I think, like, even to take a step further than that, even before thinking about investing, just understanding how, like, the financial systems work, um, that was something that, that I lacked early. You know, I, right after, during my college years and right after college, I bartended. So, you know. What got you started? Like, what was that first aha moment where you felt like, damn, like, I got to start. I got to do something. Because mine was a uh, 2014, no, two, the end of 2013. Um, Quick story. So I I was never got into investing, didn't care about none of that. And then one day I was watching TV, and then it happened to be on CNBC, and I saw uh, the shares of Alibaba going IPO. I didn't know what the IPO was. I didn't know what Alibaba was. And then everybody was so excited that the shares went from, like, $50 to, like, $200 a share, like, in one day or whatever. So all these people are screaming, and I'm like, that's only, like, $150. What what are these people, like, what are these people, um, what are these people excited about? So... I go on, I'm looking, that was $150 per share. So I'm doing the calculations in my head. Somebody could have literally made um, $1,500 in literally like four minutes. And imagine the people who did 100 shares. They could have made like, you know, 15000 in like four minutes. So that's when it kind of clicked to me, like, I got to find some way to get into this because there is no way this is – like legal, like there's no way, you know, there's no way to uh, have money um, to get to be getting money that fast. But people have been doing this for years. What was your like aha moment? Like, wait a minute, I I think I'm missing out on something. It actually was a lot more recently. Like I had dabbled in stocks and in crypto back in like 2016, 2017. I had Bitcoin and I think Bitcoin Cash at that time because I had just my boyfriend was actually the one that told me about it. And I just like went on the online app and bought Bitcoin and Bitcoin cash thinking it was the same thing, the intricacies about crypto or, or uh, stocks in general. I had also just bought stocks, not really doing a lot of research. Um, When the crypto bear market came, I ended up selling everything. I still held on to my stocks, but I didn't really understand what was going on. My mind wasn't really into it. And it wasn't until the the COVID hit in 
March of 2020 that, you know, thankfully I was able to start working a lot more from home, not travel a lot. I had more time on my hand. And that's when I just started getting deep into stocks and, you know, getting during that time, the hospitality business travel we were seeing a lot of decline in those areas because of the COVID concerns and me being that I had been traveling for so many for a couple of years because of my job I'm like I know this business is going to bounce back and I use that time to really research a lot of you know uh, car rental stocks uh, airline stocks everything was on a downward turn and I felt like this was my time to make solid investments that I thought were going to come back in the future after the whole pandemic. And eventually that led me down the rabbit hole of trading stocks. And at that time, you know, I ended up finding out about Dogecoin and that kind of brought me back into the crypto deep dive rabbit hole that I now live in. Was it like some 20 year old you saw on TikTok at the time? Cause that's how I got started with those coins. <laughs> like it was like some fifteen year old on on TikTok, and, and the dude was absolutely right. He's probably like a billionaire right now. It was somewhere on YouTube. It, I I had to have been somewhere on YouTube that I ended up seeing it. I had also heard like people talk about it. I had heard some of my cousins' friends talking about it in a party. And then one day I was just like, what the fuck is this Dogecoin? And I ended up, you know, Googling more about it. And, of course, it led me, all the top search results led me to Twitter. And I had a Twitter account. I really didn't tweet from it. And that's when I started, like, coming on Twitter and seeing, hey, this is, like, where all the crypto people are. And it kind of just went downhill from there or uphill, whichever way you want to see it. But that was a good thing, right? It was it was more a good thing than like a bad thing because even with the travel thing and you working remotely, it's not like you, all these places were open, so you were forced to lock in and actually pay attention to like finance and 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 money and crypto and learn. Like you were forced to do that in a way because if the world was still wide open, do you think you would have made the choices you would have made then? Like definitely not, definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. It kind of, you know, made me retreat from social media. You know, I used to be on Instagram a lot. It kind of made me retreat from that sector of my life. And just, yeah, I just got caught up and I was interested in it. Like the, the first time around where when I did invest in stocks and crypto, it didn't really interest me. And this time around when I bought it, I, I I really wanted to learn more about what was happening. And, you know, if you don't, if you're not interested in something, the chances that you're going to succeed in it, it's, it's, it's going to be harder. So it it really, I think me wanting to learn about it just helped me take a a deeper dive into it. So you said something interesting. You said your boyfriend got you into it when he mentioned it. Um, Anybody I dated, I'm going to say like in the last seven years. All right. Um, if you're around me, you're going to you're going to know a little bit about stocks. You're going to walk away for learning a little bit about stocks, knowing a little bit about what crypto is, even if you don't fully invest in it. But if you're around me for a, a substantial amount of time, you're going to know what it is because that's all I talk about. I think it's important too for for males because this is a finance still is kind of like a male dominated thing. But like my my daughter has a debit card. You know, I set her up with a bank account. She knows. When she's at the store, she knows, like, oh, I can't afford this. Well, I can't afford it. She knows um, when she sees a product, that product is owned by a company, and that company is either publicly traded or not traded. And she's, I'm telling her this at nine years old. 
Um, so she grows up in a way where at least she's like well versed into like what things are, the cost of it, and stuff like that. I found myself growing up, tell, you know, trying to teach my mom, who's you know generations older than me, about investing now. You know, now she's into it, but this some she says she always be like, I wish I would known this when I was in my twenties or, or you know when I was a teenager. And I feel like, you know, when couples or like a brother, sister, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. I feel like it's a job as males sometimes because we are already in a male-dominated society. Like, yo, put your girl on. Like, t- teach her how to make some money. You know, that way you guys can build together or, you know, put your sister on so, you know, she can have her own money. Because, yeah, we do live in this city girl era, all right, where it's just women ex- trying to extract resources and money out of men as fast as they can. But it's just so important for women to have their own money because when 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 shit goes left, and shit mostly does, all right, you want to be put yourself in a position where, like, you could stand on your own. Yeah, and just to the boyfriend part of it, the funny thing is that, you know, back in 2018, I was the one that sold panic. I'm like, what the fuck did you get me into? I lost all my money. <laughs> and he's, he's diamond-handed the whole time. And, you oh, know, sure. now I'm the one into crypto, and he's, like, a passive investor. He He doesn't really dive deep into crypto. So how the tables turn, he diamond handed all the way since 2017, 2018, and I paper handed. Um, But yeah, that was funny. But yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, I've always been pretty independent when it comes to, you know, having my own money and making my own money. It was just that lack of understanding um, from the financial perspective. I still, I still want to learn more. I still want to learn more about, you know, macroeconomics and how that affects you know, stocks and crypto. So I think that there's so much to learn and I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. And another thing that I wanted to comment on, when, when I actually made the, the transition into crypto, I came with a trader mentality. So I okay. already knew how to trade stocks. So I was deep diving into, you know, learning about how, how the current market for crypto works. I was deep diving into YouTube's about trading. And then I just realized that I, I, I don't want to trade. It, the tech behind what was in crypto just interested me way more. And I think I slowly started to transition from more of a trader to an investor mindset. Yeah, I've always been an investor. Once I lost like my first uh, $2,000 on like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not doing this day trading shit. Like I'm not... Well, one time Robinhood locked my account, and I had to like beg and plead for them to unlock it because I didn't understand um, how you get flagged as a pattern day trader. So I had to learn a lot hard lesson in that, and I stopped doing that. And then there was one time I took like a two thousand dollar loss on on some trade that went south, which I thought it was gonna go the other way. And I was like, all right, I'm not made it out. You know, shout out to everybody who's who's doing this, but I'm not like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I've always had like an investor mindset. Like, you know, I just buy. Companies, I think that'll be around for the next five or 10 years. And I just kind of like, just hold on. What was your first company and what was your first platform like you used? Crypto or stocks? Both. Uh, for stocks, it was E-Trade. And I don't remember because that was like a long time ago. And okay. for crypto, it was, I don't remember the 2017-18 one, but it was Coinbase. I started off on Coinbase. You know how much... I talk shit about Coinbase, yeah. but that's where I started <laughs> off at. And it it was easy to use. I, I think it's a good platform for, for newbies to start off on. Um, so, so, yeah, I started at Coinbase. 
you would recommend Coinbase and E-Trade to uh, anybody listening out there for, for uh, trading platforms? So if, uh, oh. um, woman I guess wants to get into Coinbase, I mean not Coinbase, but a woman that wants to get into stock or crypto. Definitely. I would definitely do recommend both. I never tried Robinhood. I've heard good things about Robinhood from you and other people in the community, um, but I've never tried it. But it seems like a, another easy platform to use. But definitely started off in Coinbase and eventually migrated to Binance and other exchanges. You know, this morning, Robinhood sent, gave me an invite to, to try out their Robinhood wallet. So they have their uh, custodial wallet now. It's in testing and like it's downloaded on my phone. They're using the Polygon uh, blockchain. So yeah, I saw it. It looks really good. Free Alpha by Matic. Alpha is I financial. Know. Matic is making a lot of moves. Uh, Matic is one of the blockchains that's um, predominantly used now among like big corporations. The interest behind even getting started as far as um, uh, real estate investing and making smart decisions in the housing market right now because everybody wants a house, but nobody really understands, like, the – because the cons aren't talked about enough. There's a lot of pros to owning your own home and getting a home, but a lot of people don't talk about the cons, the realities of what actually goes behind behind closing costs, inspections, when shit goes, uh, repairs. Like, can you speak to a little bit about that? Yeah, I think – Going back to the timing where I got into stocks, beginning of March of 2020, during that time, you know, you know that thing when there's blood in the streets, like this is the opportunity to buy, this is the opportunity to do stuff. And at that time, mortgage rates were at an all-time low. Nobody, a lot of people were not looking for houses. You know, the pandemic was starting to full on bloom and, you know, me and my boyfriend saw an opportunity to say, hey, we should probably buy a new property. This is our time to buy that property that we've always wanted to have. And buying a house during a pandemic was definitely interesting. Um, One thing that I did use that I highly recommend for people that are like tech savvy and don't want to go through the traditional process of buying a home. I used Redfin. I don't know. Hey, shout out to Redfin. Maybe they want to sponsor the show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, a great tool for like millennials to be able to buy a home, eliminate some of that, you know, the political process of dealing with realtors and dealing with brokers and all that and, and make it much more streamlined. And I think that really helped us find the house that we wanted fast and especially during the time where there were so many restrictions nobody wanted to show their house and you know it took us a little bit longer than expected but we were able to get a house that's at a rate that's less than half of the current mortgage rate oh less than so okay with redfin i know what redfin is um is it an app is it a website and like is it you just hop on and you you, you get going like is it like zillow is it, is it something like that yeah, so basically, instead of working with one specific realtor, you work with a group of realtors. So it's an app. You see a house you like, you schedule an appointment. You might get you you might not get the same person each house you visit, but the the flexibility is that if you see a house, you can schedule it right away. Somebody's going to show up, and especially where I purchased the house, it was a hot market in that area. There's it, there's very little suburbs in Miami, so it's a, every time a house comes available it goes quick so being able to see a house fast was a very good thing it's a lot cheaper than going through a traditional realtor 
Um, you pay out less fees at, and and you also get some rebates at the end. So which was good. Did you grow up in like a family that that encouraged uh, stuff like that to hey like, um invest buy a house like did or like that's something you had to learn over time like or would you, did you always have people around you that that um encouraged for you to make financial moves definitely not from my parents so from my household my dad takes care of the finances my mom worked um before she retired but yeah she she never really handled the investing or the finances or anything like that so it was never really passed on to me. um i really had to learn it from my own my boyfriend did teach me some things, um, thankfully, and, and but most of it, I just really had to learn it for, for on my own. I come from a Hispanic house, household, so it's not customary to see Hispanic women in finance from like a traditional role. I know that might sound a little bit, you know, weird to say, but it's just the reality of the culture that exists, especially with the older generations. I grew up in a Haitian household, so you know, they know what they know from, you know, their homeland. So they didn't come here knowing about investing, about, you know, uh, building equity, about stuff like that. Like, that's something I feel like I, me and my brother had to learn on our own. And I had to learn through trial and error. I opened I opened my own credit card when I was 18. I, I don't know what I bought with it, but I remember that it was a Bank of America credit card. The, the, uh, the limit was $300. And I think I bought something with it, and I never paid them back. And they sent me to collections. I kept getting notices, and I just threw it away, threw it away, threw it away. And then they closed my checking account. I'm like, why? And I went to Bank of America, like, yo, why did I close my checking account, this and that? And it was like, oh, well, you, you know, stop paying on, on this credit card that we opened for you. And I was like, what does that have to do with my checking account? And it was it, it was a whole mess that I had to – That's basically that's, that was my introduction into credit. That was basically my introduction into credit, and I had to learn that the hard way. There was nobody that taught me that before going into it. Everybody has. <laughs> I was going to say, I think everybody has. Everybody has owned Bank of America some money at some point in their <laughs> teenage lives. So did I. So you started. You started with uh, Bank of. How, what was your introduction to credit, and what? And when did you figure out? Oh shit, credit is important. I better uh, have this shit on point. My first introduction to credit was on college on a college campus when they used to have like these vendors come out and I applied for like a student credit card. I think it was a fucking Discover card. Like who uses Discover anymore? Yeah. And it was like four or five hundred dollars. And yeah, I maxed that out within like a week. I, I really didn't get a good handle of my credits until I stopped bartending and working in that scene and just having a more steady flow of income instead of a more volatile flow of income that made me think I was always going to have an endless stream of money coming in. Um, so that was like when I really decided to uh, grasp, take a better grasp of, of my finances and, you know, save more and invest and so forth. So you found out then about TransUnion, Equifax, and uh, uh, what's the uh, experience? That's something you had to like research on your own, or like how, how, did, that, how did that happen? Oh yeah, I knew about that. You know, I had purchased a car under my name and, and things like that, so I knew the basics. But you know, my credit wasn't great back then. I really didn't care much about it because I was like, you know, at that at that point, it was like, okay, I have a car. Aside that, I wasn't planning on buying any property at that time, so I really wasn't 
too concerned about that until after I left that nightlife scene, that Barton sending scene and went to like a more stable income and stopped stop spending money because I used to also, as much money as I used to make, I used to blow through a lot of money too. You know, easy, easy money come, easy money go. So it was yeah. definitely a, a pattern that I had to bring to be able to transition into the next cycle of my finances. I know a lot of women who work in bartending, waitressing, um, the nightlife scene. Why, why is the appeal of money like it's so where they feel like, oh, this is going to be here forever. Like, what, what is it about that particular scene where they feel like cash is just endless? Because I, I, I still try to tell some of them, like, yo, invest that money. Like, you, if you're getting, like, $300 in one night, put that shit in a Robinhood account or a crypto account, and I promise you tomorrow it'll be $310 or $305 or something. But, like, just don't spend it. Like, what what... what What's the appeal about where they feel like the money is always going to be there? I don't know. I don't know if it's just uh, the sur- being surrounded by that environment. You know, people all also throwing money at you. You just see people being careless with their money, and it's kind of just being always in that environment maybe has a psychological effect on people without them even knowing. Um, and it's also, you know, you know how it is living in Miami and especially being in in the nightlife it's it's very expensive. It's very expensive to to go out to you know buy drinks. It's one of the most expensive cities in the U.S. So so yeah, you're making a lot of money, but you're also spending a lot of money. And you know, along from bartending, it was just living in that nightlife scene, being out five six nights a week. Like it it was definitely it took a toll on my on my bank account as as well as my physical and mental health. So your wake up call was like, wait a minute, you you everybody else was partying, it was like a blur, and then you had to kind of detach from that and say, wait a minute, like I gotta, I want to purchase property, I wanna, I wanna do other things. Like this money is not gonna be here forever. Like I have to like do something. Like I have to make something more of this. Like yeah, I'm making a lot, but like I have to find another way to put this money somewhere else because I know a lot of women who make a lot of money, but at the same time they spend a lot of money, but. I don't know. I, I I don't want it take for for somebody to crash out on their finances to then start to wake up and say, "Oh my God, I wish I would have invested." Because I'm like, no, you need to invest when things are going good. So something had to snatch you out of that and like, like oh wait a minute, I gotta I gotta do something. I gotta I gotta do something. No, this is not working. I was just ready for for the next chapter of my life. Like working in the nightlife scene, you're definitely you're basically a vampire. You know, you're you're <laughs> working all night sleeping all day, you you barely barely was able to see my family. And it was just like a realization that something needed to change. And I, I think I was just clouded judgment. And once I went back to, you know, living normally, like normal people actually being awake during the day and sleeping at night, I, I kind of started to see what was going on around me and just realized that I needed to do something better for, for my future and just kind of you know, wanted to take the lead versus, you know, waiting for, for my man or something to, to just help me out in the future if I need it. Fast forward to today. Now you work, um, you, you guys have invested in um, property. Now you're invested in stocks. You're invested in finance. And, and now you're trying a, a new foray, uh, social media and digital marketing, and, and trying to expand a platform you've built. 
um, through social media. Um, what you see on social media a lot is, uh, you know, women and men, but women with a lot of followers, um, they they don't know what to do with their followers outside of getting likes. Like, what what do you think is, is, is something that could be approved upon? And what's something like you've done as your platform has grown organically, I might add? Where, where do you see yourself going with that? And what got you interested in, into that? Where you like, wait a minute, like, I want to actually make something out of crypto and coffee and, you know, try to expand your um, brand somewhere else? Yeah, it was definitely unexpected, like, the growth of my account on Twitter. But then again, like, in a way, yes and no, but I have experience in social media. I had a large Instagram account. I've also helped, back when I was in the nightlife scene, I helped some of the clubs that I worked at, some of the um, businesses that I work with to promote their social media. So I definitely have experience in social media, graphic okay. design. You know, I've helped helped with some of those um promo banners and things like that so um i've i have some background in social media and marketing from that aspect definitely totally different content um but the growth on twitter was definitely unexpected and to be honest i i still don't know what i want to do with my following or if i want to do anything i the one thing that i have learned is that i don't want to be a quote-unquote influencer, and I know you people get stamped that just by the number of followers, but that's just mm-hmm. not something that I'm looking to do. I don't want to be, you know, a, a crypto celebrity. That that's just not in in the cards for me. I can definitely say that. But you didn't go to did you go to school for social media marketing? It's something like you. I felt like you learned on your on your own. Like you you had the Instagram account. You had the and then, you know, these brands are, like, hitting you up to promote their stuff or whatever. There's some things you just kind of, like, learned along the way. You know, I don't think you took a college course for this stuff. Nope, definitely learned along the way. Just, you know, helping out friends and, and helping out businesses that, that I worked with. And then it just kind of that network grew organically and the word started spreading. And it was something that I did on the side um aside from bartending, get on the side to help out some of the businesses that I worked with. And I, I did enjoy doing that. Uh, I do like creating, you know, I know Photoshop, I use Canvas. I, I do like working with graphics and doing those types of things. Do I do it a lot? No, because um, it, it does then take me to that creative side of me. And I always had, like yesterday, I was trying to do something, trying to come up with an idea. And sometimes, you know, you just come up with a creative block that you just can't move forward. And I just have to stop and think about something else because it, it's just not going to move forward. So it's definitely, it's harder for me to tap into the, my creative side than, you know, my crypto side that's more just like learning and, and looking at facts and, and not having to tap into that creative side. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, nah, it does. I, I I like your creative side more than the crypto side. The crypto side you're 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 kind of an asshole sometimes. But no I, 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 <laughs> I'll I like, that. no that's a compliment in the crypto space. <laughs> I like I no, I like the creative you know, you, you talk you, you told me about uh Canva, you told me about um uh, you told me about Anchor. And you know, I'm I'm always grateful for that as far as like, you know, you helping even out with some of the creative Things that I already do. I, I used to make logos. I used to I used to draw when in high school. I always had that creative side of me too. But it's like doing it now. Doing it now. If it was the only thing I was doing, I think it'd be like you know very easy to do. But 
how do you juggle, because I have a time struggling with this too, juggling between working your full-time job that is paying your bills and then trying to do all this other stuff and then feeling like you have no time. Like this block had to be structured. Like, I mean, this had to be scheduled because it was a time thing for you. You know, how do you, are you still in that stage of your life where you're trying to figure out like, what are you trying to do? Like one thing, or are you trying to do like a lot of things and be successful at all of them? Yeah, it's definitely a struggle to, to juggle it, you know, work, uh, social media, keeping up with crypto that and NFTs that never sleeps, and then having a, a personal life and having a relationship. It, it's definitely hard to juggle. How am I doing it? I have no fucking idea. Um, <laughs> it's it's very it's very overwhelming, but it's just focusing. I have to focus on the things that I enjoy doing, uh, and that's been my mindset lately. Because otherwise, I'm just gonna get overwhelmed, and I'm gonna be doing a lot of shit that I don't enjoy doing. So when I get opportunities or, or, or when I decide I'm going to do something, it has to be something I enjoy. I, I think that's the approach that I'm taking now because there's just too much. There's too many things to do. And with that being said, like crypto and coffee, I enjoy doing that. Why do I enjoy doing that? It kind of forces me to keep up with crypto and NFTs and do research and, and be able to talk and just have a conversation with people about it and learn from other people. To me, that's time that people are like, oh, you're spending, you're wasting time on Twitter spaces. But I feel like I learned there as well. And I don't feel like I would be where I am today as far as my knowledge of blockchain and crypto if it wasn't for those spaces that we've had every week for the past year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm I'm the same way when it, I've, I've basically found a healthy median between still having genuine conversations with people and I can still talk to them about investing and, and me learn uh, uh, more to what's going on um, in that stratosphere and, and basically just cutting anything out I don't want to do. Like, I'm the type of person, like, I don't care if everybody in the room likes raspberries, like, and I don't like raspberries. Like, you're not going to make me feel bad about it. I don't like raspberries, right? So I'm 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 that kind of person. Like, so I've learned gradually. It came with time and, and experience to just cut out doing things I don't want to do, things I don't enjoy. Um, obviously, everybody has to work if you want some kind of money. But I'm, what I'm saying is cutting things out that you don't particularly enjoy because I feel like a lot of people will still partake in things that they do, just don't enjoy. And it's like if you're doing it, and especially if you're doing it um, for free, like I, I, I hope it's something that you enjoy. And then something, and later on you can make a business out of it. My last talking point I want to bring up is entrepreneurship and the pros and cons of that because I know a lot of people who have their own businesses but a lot of people everybody in if everybody was successful at having a business and running it nobody would be successful because there would be no customers there would be no consumers because everybody would own the everything so who's buying from who with that said a lot of women start their own businesses and then they burn out. Why do you think that is? Like as far as trying to start a business and then burn out from it, from that business. I think it's just um, people sometimes underestimate the time and effort that it actually takes to not only start a business, but build a successful business. Because there's 
two completely different things. Anybody could start a business. You could, you know, get an LLC online, pop up a website and, and say, hey, I have a fucking business. But I think building out that long-term vision is where some of the failures come in. I, I've never personally, uh, aside from, you know, what I've done with my personal brand, even before Web3, I've never had my own quote-unquote business other than, you know, just an LLC for payments as far as mm -hmm. having to like tend to customers and things like that. Yeah. So I guess what I wanted to say is that, that people just are, are look at the short-term vision versus the long-term vision. And I think it, whether it's just, I think to say just women burn out, I, I think it's also men, just people burn out in general um, because they might be taking on too much. I tweeted something this morning that kind of relates to that. Like sometimes people think that they can do everything themselves better um, versus delegating out that work and growing a team. And I know sometimes it's hard, you know, because you can't pay employees, but there's lots of people that are willing to learn and come on as an intern, whether it's for, you know, I did that when I was in college. I had to intern and help another business out for, for free. So there are opportunities out there to be able to grow your team. I think a lot of the burnout from entrepreneurs is that they don't know how to delegate responsibility and how to grow that support team, and they try to take everything on themselves, and that definitely causes burnout. But uh, thank you, um, thank you, just so much for uh, the time um, and the questions and the conversations, and and for the friendship too. You know, you're an amazing person, and I feel like you know you you got you got a bright future ahead. And yeah, um, I would like to come on your podcast, Jess. You, you didn't even mention that you even had a podcast, ma'am. Um, but yeah, Jess has a podcast, guys. Crypto and Coffee. She's also has a weekly show on Twitter. Crypto and coffee. Crypto and, and coffee. Sometimes crypto and crack. It depends on. Yeah. <laughs> but nah, um, I definitely appreciate it, um, for sure. Guys, tune in uh next week uh for another episode. And I'm just. I'm proud of you. I'm that. proud of you. I like Thank the consistency you. and keep it keep it up. Definitely, people are definitely resonating with the content that you're putting out. So I, I'm proud to see it and. Yeah, I wish you the best, and I'm going to keep on supporting you. For sure, until I get successful enough to change my number and act like, you know, you don't exist. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just playing. All right, guys, till the next time, I got time podcast.